Good morning. This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. I'm John Trout. It's Monday, January 29th, 2024. Here's what's coming up on America in the Morning. House Republicans are one step closer to impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas. We all have an oath to the Constitution. I'm John Stolness in Washington. President Biden vows the U.S. shall respond to a drone strike in Jordan that has killed at least three U.S. military personnel. I'm Jackie Quinn. A big lead for former President Donald Trump, but how big is big enough? Became a two-person race. I'm Clayton Neville. The White House is setting new guidelines to make sure it knows when a cabinet head cannot carry out its job. Sagar Megani, Washington. On Wall Street, markets are on pace for their third straight winning month. Inflation is at its lowest in three years. I'm Jessica Ettinger. U.S. authorities say arrests for illegal border crossings from Mexico reached an all-time high in December. I'm Lisa Dwyer. All ahead on America in the Morning. House Republicans have released two articles of impeachment against President Biden's Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, with a committee vote as soon as tomorrow, as border security takes center stage on Capitol Hill and the presidential campaign. John Stolnes has the latest from Washington. The articles of impeachment accuse Mayorkas of willful and systemic refusal to comply with current immigration law and breach of public trust. They say he's knowingly lied and made false statements to Congress. The Biden administration says House Republicans have not met the constitutional requirements for impeachment. Impeachment articles will be reviewed by a House committee tomorrow and will need to pass the full chamber in order for Mayorkas to be put on trial in the Senate. Republican Congresswoman Elise Stefanik on Fox News says this is an important step. House Republicans are the last line of defense, and we are holding the Biden administration and Joe Biden accountable for the catastrophe at our southern border. Only one cabinet secretary has ever been impeached by the Senate in 1876, when William Belknap, former president, grant secretary of war, was ousted. Meanwhile, senators spent the weekend continuing negotiations on a border deal that would open up funding to Ukraine and Israel as well. The top Republican negotiator, Senator James Lankford on Fox News Sunday, said attempts by Donald Trump and other Republicans to prevent a deal from getting done is hypocritical. Republicans four months ago would not give funding for Ukraine, for Israel, and for our southern border because we demanded changes in policy. So we actually locked arms together and said, we're not gonna give you money for this. We wanna change in law. And now it's interesting a few months later when we're finally getting to the end, they're like, oh, just kidding. I actually don't wanna change in law because it's a presidential election year. We all have an oath to the constitution. Last week, Trump pressured Republicans to oppose a deal so it can remain a campaign issue for him. On Saturday in Las Vegas, Trump taking credit for opposing it. A lot of the senators are trying to say respectfully they're blaming it on me. I said, that's okay. Please blame it on me, please, because they were getting ready to pass a very bad bill. But Biden over the weekend pressing for a deal, he says, so he can take action. It also give me as president the emergency authority to shut down the border until it could get back under control. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. John Stolnes, Washington. President Joe Biden vows the United States will respond to a drone strike in Jordan that has killed at least three U.S. military personnel and wounded about three dozen others. Correspondent Jackie Quinn provides the update. 
President Biden announced the drone attack that claimed three U.S. lives and left some 25 other American service personnel injured. He called it despicable and wholly unjustified. This is the first time American troops in Jordan have been targeted since militants began attacking U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria after the war against Hamas began in Israel. Insiders say the installation known as Tower 22 houses mostly engineering, logistics, and security troops who were likely sleeping at the time of the attack. I know we've had an impact. You know, I won't, uh, won't characterize uh, you know how much, but we have had an impact on their on their capabilities. Joint Chiefs Chairman C.Q. Brown on ABC's This Week with George Stephanopoulos prior to the attack described the U.S. role to deter militant violence in the region. Make sure as we, uh, uh, as things have happened in the Middle East, is not to have the conflict broaden. And so uh, as I provide advice and we think about the uh, approach we take, we want to ensure that we uh, take away capability while we protect our forces at the same time not have this brought in, into a uh, into a, a much wider conflict. Since the Israeli assault on Gaza after October 7th, there have been dozens of militia attacks against U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria. This is the first in Jordan. I'm Jackie Quinn. Trump rival vows to fight on when America in the Morning continues after these messages. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. A storm in the northeast tops our weather forecast with AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Rindy on America in the Morning. The latest storm in the northeastern United States brought a wide array of conditions from rain across the mid-Atlantic and a mixture of snow, sleet, and rain across areas from Michigan and Ohio, eastward through West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and New York before continuing into Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, southern Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. The heaviest amounts fell over higher elevations with some locations getting more than six inches. 
This system will continue to cause snow through the morning hours from coastal Maine into eastern Massachusetts, leading to slower travel for the morning commute. The same high pressure will extend southward through much of the eastern U.S. This will lead to dry weather overall, but sunshine will still be limited in the north, but returning more in the Carolinas into Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. Meanwhile, a good portion of the nation will have sunshine from southern and central plains into the Rockies and continuing into Montana and the western Dakotas, even westward through the Rockies into the Great Basin. Highs will approach 80 degrees in parts of southern Arizona with 40s and 50s northward to Nevada, Idaho, and Utah. Some 60-degree readings will reach as far north as central Montana. This is as much as 10 to 25 degrees above the historical average. In the western Great Lakes, there will be more clouds ahead of another storm diving southward from Canada. This feature will spread some snow and even ice in parts of northern Minnesota into Wisconsin later today and then continuing tonight. This could reach northern Illinois and Michigan later tonight into the day Tuesday. In Sacramento, California, it will be very mild today with sunshine and a high near 70. In Portland, Maine, it will be quite different with wet snow in the morning and a storm total of 3 to 6 inches. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Rindy. Remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. Former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley is not backing down to former President Trump in the race for the presidency, despite his recent victories and his lead in the polls. Correspondent Clayton Neville reports. The former president has commanding victories in Iowa and New Hampshire under his belt. In the New Hampshire primary, former Ambassador Haley was 10 points behind Trump, but she feels okay about that and is still confident in her campaign's chances. And so one by one, we dismissed the fellas, right? One by one. And then we saw in New Hampshire, it became a two-person race. Haley accusing Trump of being upset that he didn't beat her by more in New Hampshire. To the point that he threw out insults. That's what he does. I'm okay with that. I'm used to that. So he, you know, threw out insults. And he talks about revenge. During a campaign event over the weekend, Trump didn't come off as too concerned about Haley. Though. We're beating everybody. We're beating her by a lot, but we're beating Biden. She can't beat Biden. The polls are showing the most recent polls because she doesn't have Republican support. You know what she doesn't have? She doesn't have MAGA. Haley said yesterday she'll need a solid showing in the upcoming South Carolina primary, her home state, where she served as governor. But she didn't say that she had to win there to stay in the race. Haley also went after the Republican National Committee after it backed Trump for the presidency. She questioned the timing of the move after just two states have cast ballots. I'm Clayton Neville. The White House is setting new guidelines to make sure it knows when a cabinet head cannot carry out the job. Washington correspondent Sagar Magani reports. They come after Pentagon Chief Lloyd Austin's hospitalization this month was kept from President Biden and top aides for days. Cabinet agencies now have standard protocols for when a secretary temporarily transfers authority to a deputy due to medical issues, travel, or other reasons. Among other things, the agencies must tell the White House, which the Pentagon did not do until three days after Austin was hospitalized. Sagar Megan. Washington. In sports, the contestants for Super Bowl 58 have been chosen. San Francisco defeated Detroit 43-31. They'll meet the Kansas City Chiefs, who downed Baltimore 17-10. When we return on America in the Morning, rally in the stock market. 
Tesla stock plummets. Those items and more next. We're back after these messages. Welcome back. This is America in the Morning. The genetic testing company 23andMe is being accused of failing to protect the privacy of customers. In a class action lawsuit, lawyers said the company failed to notify users of the nationality of at least two unique lines of lineage that appeared to be specifically targeted. And the New York Times says personal info may have been for sale on the dark web for two months before 23andMe became aware. The hacker gained access to information on over 5 million profiles. Here's CNBC's Jessica Ettinger with a look at Monday business headlines. Wall Street opens this morning for a new week of trading. Three days left in the month of January. Markets are on pace for stocks to have their third winning month in a row, but no record highs last Friday. Six days up in a row at a new record. It's a rare streak. When you get these persistent rallies, it means there's underlying strength, but it also means you, know, you have to just expect that you're going to hit an air pocket for some reason or none at all. See NBC's Mike Santoli. Inflation cooled again in December. The Fed's favorite measure of inflation, the PCE, came in with a two-handle year-over-year for December at 2.9%, super close to normal. I don't know if this is time for the party hats or not, or the kazoos and the whole thing, but you do have a two-handle on the core. And the PCE's headed the right way. The, uh, you know, the Fed has this problem. Good growth over here and declining inflation over there. What do you do? Is the is the funds rate right or does it need to come down? And if so, by how much? CNBC senior economics reporter Steve Leesman. But one former Fed governor doesn't think the Fed's going to start cutting at the meeting that wraps up this Wednesday. I don't think there's going to be a rate cut this week, uh, but I do think that the Fed is exactly on the glide path uh, that they want to be on. Columbia University economist Fred Mishkin on CNBC. Welcome to the busiest week of earnings season this week. We get results from big mega cap names, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook parent Meta, Amazon, and Google parent Alphabet. It'll be busy. You mentioned some good news for investors on Wall Street, but not so much with Tesla stock. What's going on? They tanked 13% last week. They're down 26% for the year so far on a week's sales forecast. CNBC's Jim Cramer declared... Tesla is no longer part of the magnificent seven stocks. Or someone who is among the first to vocalize the magnificent seven rubric, I officially acknowledge now that there are only six left. A super six pack. As for Tesla, time to move on. CNBC Mad Money host Jim Cramer. The super six stocks are Google Parent Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Meta Platforms, which is Facebook, Microsoft, and NVIDIA. On today's watch list, we get earnings from Whirlpool and fintech financial technology firm SoFi. Tax filing season is open this morning. The IRS is starting to accept returns today. Amazon Prime Video begins showing ads today. If you don't want to deal with ads, then you're going to have to pay another $3 a month. And Grammy Week begins today in Los Angeles. Plenty of brands sponsoring events to be close to the music industry. The awards are this coming Sunday night. Thank you, CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. When we return on America in the Morning, border crossings into the U.S. reach an all-time high after these messages. 
Welcome back. You're with America in the Morning. U.S. authorities say arrests for illegal border crossings from Mexico reached an all-time high in December. Lisa Dwyer has the numbers. The Border Patrol tallied nearly 250,000 arrests on the Mexican border, up 31% from November and 13% from December 2022, which was the previous all-time high. Mexicans accounted for the majority with over 56,000. Venezuelans were second with almost 50,000, with Hondurans and Colombians rounding up the top five nationalities. Tucson, Arizona was again the busiest corridor with over 80,000 arrests. Del Rio, Texas, the focus of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's enforcement efforts, was second with over 71,000 arrests. So far this year, arrests are down by more than half, which is consistent with historical trends and enhanced enforcement. I'm Lisa Dwyer. Fellow passengers are supporting a man who opened an emergency exit and walked on a plane's wing at a Mexico airport. Correspondent Norman Hall tells us why. One of the dozens of passengers stuck on a plane at Mexico City International Airport faces legal troubles for taking matters into his own hands to get relief. The flight, bound for Guatemala, had been delayed due to a maintenance issue. That's when the unidentified man opened an emergency door and stepped out on a wing for a while. The man was detained, but dozens of passengers signed a written copy of a statement saying the airline made them wait four hours without ventilation or water. Their statement says the passengers saved their lives. I'm Norman Hall. America in the Morning for Monday, January 29th, 2024 is produced by Jeff McKay, senior producer Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. I'm John Trout. Here's what's coming up this half hour. U.S. lawmakers demanding an urgent response to the killing of three U.S. soldiers in the Middle East. I'm Clayton Neville. I'm Karen Chalas. The United States, amongst other nations, have paused funding to the U.N. Agency for Palestinian Refugees. California is now in the grips of an outbreak of avian flu and egg prices rising again. I'm Jackie Quinn. A Biden re-election campaign official was shunned by some Arab-American community leaders while visiting Michigan. I'm Norman Hall. The Justice Department has found former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed state employees. I'm Ed Donahue. The end of January saw a slow box office weekend, but one with some competition. I'm Kevin Carr. Back after these messages. Welcome back. This is America in the Morning. AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Rindy has the national outlook. Looking at the northwest, there will be some rain early in western Washington, but that will lift out with just lingering showers in the afternoon along the Olympic Peninsula. The rest of the area along the west coast will have some amount of sunshine and a mild, even warm afternoon with highs in the 60s and 70s. Meanwhile, a good portion of the nation will have sunshine through the Great Basin, and that will continue through the Rockies into the southern and central plains, even northward to Montana and to the western Dakotas. We'll see highs approaching 80 degrees in some parts of southern Arizona, with 40s and 50s northward to Nevada, Idaho, and Utah, even some 60-degree readings reaching into central Montana. This is 10 to 25 degrees above the historical average. In the northeast, we have our latest storm system moving through the area. That brought rain across the middle 
Florida Atlantic and a mixture of snow, sleet, and rain from Michigan and Ohio eastward to West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and New York before continuing into Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts, as well as southern Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. The heaviest amounts fell over the highest elevations with some locations getting more than six inches. And this system will continue to cause snow through the morning hours from coastal Maine into eastern Massachusetts, leading to slower travel for the morning commute. But high pressure will slowly take over and conditions will improve through the midday and afternoon hours. The same high pressure will extend southward through the eastern U.S. and lead to dry weather overall, but sunshine will still be limited with more sunshine in parts of the southeast. In the Western Great Lakes, we're looking at another system moving into the area from the Canada. This could lead to some snow and even ice in parts of northern Minnesota into Wisconsin. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Rindy. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. Escalating violence on U.S. soldiers in the Middle East turned deadly over the weekend. Correspondent Clayton Neville reports on the attack and what the Biden administration plans to do about it. The White House says three American troops were killed and dozens believed to be injured. We shall respond. We shall respond, said President Biden in the hours after the attack. He referred to three brave souls and said that while the U.S. is still gathering facts on the attack, he confirmed it was carried out by radical Iran-backed militant groups operating in Syria and Iraq. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General C.Q. Brown, spoke with ABC's This Week about escalating violence in the Middle East. When we think about the uh, approach we take. We want to ensure that we uh, take away capability while we protect our forces at the same time, not have this brought in, into a... Uh, into a, a much wider conflict. The unmanned aerial drone attack targeted U.S. forces stationed in northeastern Jordan near the Syrian border. It's the first deadly strike against U.S. forces since the Israel-Hamas war started in early October. But there have been a slew of attacks on American ships and other vessels in the Red Sea, who the rebels believe to be responsible. There have been calls in recent weeks and months for the U.S. to do more, but the killings of three American military members over the weekend certainly has boosted those calls. Republican lawmakers demanding direct retaliation and insisting President Biden hasn't done enough in response to attacks on American forces. House Speaker Mike Johnson posted on social media that America must send a crystal clear message that attacks on our troops won't be tolerated. Senator Ted Cruz said that President Biden's lack of action enabled the deadly attack. And Senator Lindsey Graham calling on the president to strike targets of significance inside Iran. Not only as reprisal for the killing of our forces, Graham said, but also to protect against any other potential attacks. I'm Clayton Neville. Japan and France Sunday night, along with other nations, have joined with the United States and is pausing funding to the United Nations Agency for Palestinian Refugees after claims some staffers were involved in the deadly October 7th Hamas attack on Israel. Correspondent Karen Shamas explains. The head of the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees, or UNRWA, said it has fired a number of its staffers in Gaza, suspected of taking part in the October 7th attack by Hamas on Israel. 
The revelations prompted the United States, Britain, Italy, Finland, Australia and Canada to temporarily halt their funding. The Secretary General is horrified by this news and asked Mr Lazzarini to investigate this matter swiftly and to ensure that any UNRWA employee shown to have participated or abetted in what transpired on October 7th or in any other criminal activity be terminated immediately and referred for potential criminal prosecution. UNRWA has been the main agency providing aid for Gaza's population as the besieged enclave suffers from a humanitarian disaster. Stefan Dujaric, the spokesperson for the UN Secretary General, said appropriate action will be taken against anyone found guilty. To protect the agency's ability to deliver humanitarian assistance, Commissioner General Lazzarini has taken the decision uh, to immediately terminate the contracts of all these staff members and launch an investigation in order to establish the truth without delay. But said innocent Palestinian civilians will die if they do not receive much needed aid. A number of things have to happen at the same time. UNRWA is, uh, has to ask OIOS uh, to do this investigation. The Commissioner General, I think, has taken very swift and strong measures uh, right away. Uh, at the same time, our humanitarian work needs to continue. Lives depend on it. The U.S. State Department said there were allegations against 12 employees. I'm Karen Shamas. CIA Director William Burns was in Paris Sunday meeting with the head of Israel's Mossad intelligence agency and the prime minister of Qatar to discuss the latest proposal to free the remaining hostages Hamas is holding in the Gaza Strip. Hamas has said they are against the current proposals that have been floated by nations, including Egypt, while Israel has stated they will continue fighting until all of the more than 130 Israeli hostages are freed. Well, shifting gears now, you may have noticed that the price of eggs in your local supermarket has been increasing as of late. The reason, as correspondent Jackie Quinn reports, is that California is now in the grips of an outbreak of avian flu, leading to the slaughter of thousands of chickens. Those are chickens from a farm unaffected, but at Mike Weber's Sunrise Farms in Sonoma County, California. Over 500,000 birds on this ranch, and all of them had to be euthanized or had perished. Avian flu has struck. Weber calls it devastating. He walked in and the birds were just dead. And it, it, heartbreaking doesn't describe how you feel when you walk in and perfectly healthy young birds have been just laid out. California had escaped the ravages of this latest outbreak that started hitting the Midwest in early 2022. But Bill Matos, the head of the California Poultry Federation, says the virus is being spread by migratory birds. The bird flu comes from flying ducks. The duck season is now, they're flying through California, and that's where we get this strain of bird flu. The state veterinarian is telling poultry farmers keep their flocks indoors until June, but it's too late for many in Sonoma County. The town that we live in, Petaluma, is known as the egg basket of the world. Um, it's devastating to see that egg basket go up in flames. Nationwide, some 82 million birds have been destroyed. I'm Jackie Quinn. When we return on America in the Morning, sexual harassment of former governor reaches a settlement after these messages.
This is America in the Morning. I'm John Trout. Former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi believes the protesters in the United States calling for a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war, whose actions have included blocking roads and bridges, may be linked to Russia. Speaking on CNN's State of the Union, Pelosi said their message is exactly the same as Vladimir Putin's and could be a way for Russia to undermine the 2024 election process. Pelosi said she thinks the FBI should determine if any foreign nation is using the situation in the Middle East to impact elections here at home. The Biden re-election campaign officially was shunned by some Arab-American community leaders while visiting Michigan. Correspondent Norman Hall reports. A group of Arab-American and Muslim community leaders invited to meet in suburban Detroit with Biden campaign manager Julie Chavez-Rodriguez declined to meet with her. There's outrage over the administration's full-throated support of Israel, including the war in Gaza. A Wayne County official says it appears senior administration officials don't realize the level of anger in the community, a key Michigan voting bloc for Democrats. Other local activists have formed a group called Abandon Biden. Meanwhile... There have been protests elsewhere against the war, including Oakland, California. I, Norman Hall. The Justice Department has found former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed state employees and has reached a settlement with the state of New York. Ed Donahue reports. The agreement details a series of reforms made after Cuomo left office in 2021 after a report by State Attorney General Letitia James concluded he sexually harassed at least 11 women. Cuomo denied any wrongdoing. I would have to lose my mind to do some such a thing. It would be an act of insanity. Cuomo continues to deny the allegations, which were brought forth by people like former aide Charlotte Bennett. He said he was lonely. He said he was looking for a girlfriend. He was propositioning me for sex. The Justice Department investigation found Cuomo subjected at least 13 state employees to a sexually hostile work environment. A spokeswoman for James says Andrew Cuomo can continue to deny the truth and attack these women, but the facts do not lie. I'm Ed Donahue. Overseas, French farmers are putting pressure on their government to respond to their demands as they gear up for a tractor protest around Paris. And in the French capital city, climate and food protesters threw soup at the famed portrait of the Mona Lisa, leading to two arrests. Correspondent Rika Ann Garcia reports. The French Interior Ministry has ordered a large deployment of security around Paris as two large farmers' unions plan to use their tractors to block all major roads. They aim to put Paris under siege. French farmers are demanding for better pay, less red tape, and protection against cheap imports. The order came hours after climate activists hurled soup at the glass protecting the Mona Lisa painting at the Louvre Museum and shouted slogans advocating for a sustainable food system. Prime Minister Gabriel Attal visited a farm in central France, recognizing the tough spot farmers face when people demand quality but push for lower prices. I'm Rika Ann Garcia. The NSA is known for spying on evildoers, but this time they're buying your browser history from shady brokers online. Here's Chuck Palm with that in today's tech report. The U.S. National Security Agency has been buying Americans' internet browsing information from commercial brokers without a warrant. 
Democrat Senator Ron Wyden called upon U.S. intelligence officials to stop using Americans' personal data without their express knowledge and consent, saying it is unlawful. The senator went on to say that such records can identify Americans who are seeking help from a suicide hotline or survivors of sexual assault or domestic abuse. The NSA responded saying the information has significant value and is used sparingly. Senator Wyden has blocked the appointment of incoming NSA Director Timothy Hugh until the agency responded to his questions about collecting Americans' internet and location data. NSA Director Paul Nakasone confirmed the purchases in his letter to Wyden and said in certain cases, such collections may include information associated with electronic devices being used outside and sometimes inside the United States. Leave a comment at allthetoptech.tech. I'm Chuck Palm. Gridiron action from the weekend and more in sports with America in the Morning's Robert Workman. Super Bowl 58 is all set. After Conference Championship Sunday, the Chiefs will be back to defend their title after beating the Ravens 17-10 in Baltimore for the AFC crown. KC in the Conference Championship for a sixth straight season kept its mistakes to a minimum. Three penalties and no turnovers while leaning on its veterans. Patrick Mahomes going 30 for 39. Travis Kelsey making 11 catches, some of them just jaw-dropping, including the game's first touchdown. Baltimore, in its first AFC title game in 11 years, gave the Chiefs five first downs by penalty and turned the ball over three times, including including a fumble in the end zone. Mahomes and company going to their fourth Super Bowl in six years. You don't take it for granted either. You never know how many you're going to get to or if you're going to get to any. It truly is special just to do it with these guys after what we've been through all season long. Kansas City will meet San Francisco for the Lombardi Trophy. The 49ers rally from a 17-point deficit at home to get past the Lions 34-31 and take the NFC honors. Detroit chewed up the ground and the clock in the first half, getting three rushing scores while dominating possession for a 24-7 lead. Momentum shifted in the second half as the Niners' defense stopped the Lions on downs, then Brock Purdy's deep ball bounced off a defender's face mask and into the hands of Brandon Ayuk for a 51-yard gain. Ayuk scored three plays later, then the Lions fumbled on the first play after the kickoff, and the Niners got the tying score, Christian McCaffrey's second TD run of the day. They wound up scoring on five straight drives in the second half, something Purdy says is just what they do. It's football. I feel like there's a lot of experienced guys on this team, veterans that have, you know, been in crazy situations. And, and so everyone was like, all right, we just got to do our job straight up. Chiefs and Niners in Vegas a week from Sunday. Elsewhere, Yannick Sinner battled back from down two sets to love to beat Daniil Medvedev and win the Australian Open men's final for his first Grand Slam title. Arena Sabalenka won her second straight women's final down under on Saturday. NBA, the Pistons surprised the Thunder. OKC had won five in a row. Detroit had won five games all season. Jalen Duran had 22 points and a career-high 21 rebounds. Hawks, Magic, Pacers, and Bulls win. NHL, the Blues and Kraken on top. College basketball wins for number one Connecticut and number two Purdue. That's Monday Sports. Thank you, Robert. Catch you tomorrow. Coming up on America in the Morning, Swifties call foul on Taylor Deepfake after these messages. Welcome back here with America in the Morning. And, well, this last weekend of January ends with a slow pace at the box office. Kevin Carr has that. The January box office may have gone out with a whimper, but that doesn't mean there wasn't some excitement. That is so fetch. What is fetch? According to studio estimates, it's a first-place photo finish between Mean Girls and the Beekeeper, each scoring in the mid-$7 million range. What was that? Oh, Lord, it's the Queen Bee. Regina George. I protect the hive. When the system is out of balance, I correct it. 
It seems the beekeeper has edged out the high school musical by a stinger, but either movie could claim the top spot when the actuals are reported later on Monday. I'm making chocolate, of course. How do you like it? Dark, white, nutty, absolutely insane. In third place was Wonka, continuing its robust post-holiday run with $6 million. The Willy Wonka musical prequel has earned more than half a billion dollars at the global box office and counting. You see, I'm something of a magician. <laughs> Maybe we should go say hi. Fourth place belonged to Migration with $5 million. Not as big of a hit as other animated films from Illumination, this story about a family of ducks attempting to fly south for the winter just cracked $100 million domestic. There's no way we can convince anyone we actually like each other. And wrapping up the top five was Anyone But You, another holiday holdover. This R-rated rom-com made $4.8 million over the weekend. Titanic me. Finally, goosed by Oscar nominations, Poor Things, American Fiction, and Godzilla Minus One all found their way back into the top ten. I'm Kevin Carr. And with more in entertainment this Monday, here's correspondent Margie Zaraleta. Opening statements are set for Monday in New York in the trial of two of three men accused of killing musician Jam Master Jay of Run DMC in 2002. Prosecutors say Carl Jordan Jr. and Ronald Washington gunned Jay down over a drug dispute. Let the journey begin. The new season of ABC's The Bachelor is underway with Joey Grazade as this season's Bachelor. He's already realized a mistake. He should have taken the calls from former Bachelors on how to do it. Quickly, I realized that this is a very difficult role and all those people that reached out were just trying to help and give some advice. At the end of the Charges have been dropped against country singer Chris Young, who was arrested last week in a dispute with alcoholic beverage commission agents who were doing compliance checks in a Nashville bar. Prosecutors say charges that included assaulting an officer were dismissed after a review of all the evidence. I'm Archie Zaraleta. Swifties fight back as deep fake explicit images of Taylor Swift are spreading on social media. Lisa Dwyer has the story. Pornographic deepfake images of Taylor Swift are circulating online. The deepfake detecting group Reality Defender says it tracked a deluge of non-consensual pornographic material depicting Swift, particularly on X. Her ardent fan base of Swifties quickly mobilized, launching a counteroffensive on the platform formerly known as Twitter using a Protect Taylor Swift hashtag to flood it with more positive images of Swift. They also reported accounts that were sharing the deep fakes. Some images also made their way to meta-owned Facebook and other social media platforms. The images spread to millions of users before some of them were taken down. I'm Lisa Dwyer. That's our show for today. America in the Morning for Monday, January 29th, 2024, is produced by Jeff McKay, senior producer Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.